the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Hiles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that brings you all the week's wondrous headlines, doused with salt and vinegar and wrapped up in a copy of last Thursday's Evening News. And on the show this week, face off, Barnsley come to town for leg one of two. The name's Bond, making sense of all that financial stuff. Getting shirty, we talk about a new sponsor... Ticket to ride. Why are the playoff allocations so flipping small? All that and a kind of dandelion and burdock from the podcast that maintains the only Eurovision was contained within Frank Passy's right boot. And Phillips. No, Kyle. Kyle for Bolton. Kyle whips it across. Kyle McGinley. Oh, John McGinley. Lee plays it back to McAteer. Chips it over to McGinley. He's onside. John McGinley. Puts the ball in the net! John McGinley puts Bolton back on in front! What a goal, Dave! What a ding-dong do! Super John McGinley! Super! Super John! Super John McGinley! What a great goal! What a super header! The Scottish International puts Bolton the whole square! John McGinley, the hero at Burnham Park! And didn't he take it well? What a ding-dong do. Come on, Jason. Jason McAteer. Super pass that for McGinley. Puts it in. Mixu. McGinley. Oh, dear me. Dear me. How did we miss that one? No to McAteer. Gets the ball in. Still comes for it. Pass the line in. Oh, off the line. Off the line. It is. Tolo hits it in first time. It's a corner. And he takes out a player. Oh, dear. You'll never get closer to that. Who did they stop that one going? I was shouting goal there. I, was always, I thought it were over, but how did they keep that one out? De Freitas does well, gets past his man. Gets the cross in. It's there! McGinley! John McGinley puts the ball in the net. Bolton 2, Wolves 0. Is that the goal? There's John McGinley, super job. But what about De Freitas? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, you can't ask for more than that. Super stuff from Fabian De Freitas. <laughs> Kelly tries the overhead, didn't come off, Bull. That's it! Bolton win! We're at Wembley! Yes! The Whites have done it, Dave! Wembley! Wembley! Again! Here we go! We're going up! Premier League! What scenes here at Burnham Park! You've got to be here to believe it! You've got to be here to feel it! The feeling is superb! The Whites have done it! Greeny taking the plaudits, as he should! Super performance from every man jack of them! Right, now it is time to introduce a man who gave me exactly four minutes to come up with a witty introduction for him. It's Mr. Stupidhead, Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? Uh, that's, and that's the, the best one you came up with. Um, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know what's nice, Mark, is that I only uh, 
I only put in my schedule to uh, do buff podcasts until uh, last for, last Friday, and uh, here we are doing another <laughs> one because the season's still on for Bolton. One hundred percent, and uh, it, well, it's never going to stop, is it? This season, I think it's, it's the party is never ever going to stop. Let's be honest. How how are the nerves though? Because you were you were Mister Chilled, you were Mister Chilled. I, no, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. We're going to get to the playoffs now. They're actually here. What do you feel like? Still chilled, Mark. Still chilled. You know what? There's uh, each of the other teams, maybe not Peterborough, but the other teams have got more pressure on than us. Um, we're just here to enjoy ourselves. We've uh, we've already been to Wembley this year, anyway. So, uh, I mean, it'd be nice to go again, but uh, we've already been. So, um, no, I mean, are, are you? Uh, how are you feeling? Because uh, you were. I think you felt that there was another twist in the story at one point, and now we're we're here. Are you uh, are you chilled, or are you thinking there's going to be another twist somewhere? I think, honestly, this Barnsley game, if they can get past the semi-finals, I am in, on easy street. I I think there's a lot of confidence there that if they can get back to Wembley, that it's their year. If you know what I mean, and and that's probably yeah. not overconfidence. That's just knowing the course, knowing the drill. Uh, they'll do things absolutely exactly the same. I'm very sure of that. Um, if they get there, but it's this this semi final worries me. It's very tight. Uh, with, you know, Barnsley, albeit they won three nil at Oakwell. It wasn't. You know, the scoreline says that it wasn't easy. Actually, it was quite quite a tight game, and, and they did have ten men for a lot of it as well. I thought that kind of spoiled it as an occasion, but. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very, very tight affair. I still think they'll get there. But once Bolton get to Wembley, fingers crossed, touch wood, then I'll be chilled, chilled, chilled. I will be uh, flip-flops job. Uh, you know, just show me the way to the championship. Uh, yeah, I've got a funny feeling. I, I'm I'm quite confident, actually. And I've got a funny feeling that we'll, we'll be fine. Um Barnsley, of course, we've had mixed results against them. In fact, we've we've both won one and then mm. drew the home game in the league. Um, for me, when we've played Barnsley, yeah, take the, the away game out of it because after 10 minutes, it was forced to be kind of a tap-y defence. But I felt that, apart from the first 20, 20 minutes of the cup game, um, and they went 2-0 up, of course, but I think they've tended to sit back against us. And I think, uh, you know, when we play in the sort of teams towards the bottom, we can struggle to break them down. I think when, I don't know, when, when you see better teams do it, I think it gives us a bit of confidence. Mm. Um, and I think in the home game, it was, you know, it, it was literally just, well, I mean, we didn't score, did we? So uh, I guess their plan worked. But I think, uh, you know, that extra bit of luck that you can sometimes get, and that we probably got it out well. Um, I think we would have won that game and been fine. So, uh, yeah, it should be a great atmosphere, though. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know with it. I'm not nervous. I'm just I'm just excited. It's first, uh, since watching Bolton Wanderers, I had, um, let's see, I had three years in the playoffs in my first five seasons watching Bolton. I've had nothing since, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, this is the first time they'll really have experienced anything like this uh, playoff-wise. So I expect a lot of nerves. I expect a lot of tension. Um, but do you know what? I expect a little bit less drama than we had on Sunday at Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Do, do I want Bolton to win promotion to the championship simply so I don't have to go there again next season? Yes, um, is the answer to that one. <laughs> From what I remember, eight changes. Um, but the, the, the headline 
really is that that Gethin Jones picked up a, a hamstring injury, and uh, well, it's not looking great for him for the for the playoffs now. Uh, I was in uh, Spain, as everyone remembers last week. I was actually in Gibraltar when this match was on, uh, so I was getting updates. Um, I wasn't watching it on iFollow, and I kind of. I I couldn't work out whether it was Jones or Shuratere who had scored, to be yeah. honest, because it seemed to be half and half. Um, obviously, then, I, I, I don't know, I think the Latin American lads put the, the goal on uh, Twitter, so I saw it. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the Jones sort of hobbling away was, mm. was a bit of a worry. Um, I mean, what's... Uh, I guess it, it's... We have got defenders, and we've got a makeshift defender in MJ Williams to to fit in, should we need them. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's going to be a, quite a big miss for us. I think you miss him. He's a very calm and influenced Geth uh, on on the rest of them, and I think in a playoff, he is a perfect guy. There, obviously, vice captain of the team doesn't necessarily change what he does behind the scenes, but I think he's been playing quite well the last couple of games, and he just overstretched himself a little bit helping on uh, the corner which uh, Scholler put away, and that's his first goal, of course, for, well, for anybody uh, at senior level, which shall do his confidence the world of good, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, it did put a dampener on the afternoon, really. My, my personal circumstances aside from the actual game itself, uh, that was the, the big takeaway. The other one, I mean, Ricardo Santos back, which was great to see. Everybody was celebrating that, but it was not... Rico at his best. He was a little bit slow off the off the mark, and we've seen this before, haven't we? He does take a fair while to warm up. Yeah, he does, and um, yeah, obviously the first goal was kind of a, an area between him and Dixon, um, but he came off at half time. I know a few people were a bit worried about that. Was that the, the always the plan, or is that a well, John's got injured, we're not going to risk you for any longer? Well, there may have been something of what you say there. Ian Everett said 45 minutes. Why? Why think any different? Uh, you know, if, if he maybe thought, well, I'll give him an hour and then saw Geth go down, maybe he thought twice about that. But I, I don't think there's any injury there. Fingers crossed that, uh, that I'm right with that assumption. Um, it was the same with Scholler, who also went down. He had a bit of cramp in the second half. Um, again, you know, they, we were told after the game that there's there's nothing serious to worry about that with the exception of Geth that they had to check on. So we will be able to get an update on that towards the end of the week and see how far, um, you know, how bad rather the injury is to, to Jones. But I think Santos should be OK. Whether or not you now think he's in kind of the right state, if you will, to start the game against Barnsley, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to think he is, but he does take. He does tend to take a couple of games to get going. Yeah, he does. it's um, it's a big decision, isn't it? Because you know, I think the the problem we've got is that say say he starts against Barnsley and something goes wrong, mm. then yeah, people are going to look at Ian Everton and be like, "Well, you made a mistake." Say he doesn't start him; he's captain against uh, Barnsley, and. Um, so, you know, whoever replaces him, there's an error. Again, you, he's going to be looked at and going, well, why is Santos not playing? I think I agree with you. Sometimes Santos, when the games he's come back in, has taken a while to just get going. Mm. However, um, I, I'd probably say you'd, you'd risk it. I, you know, I think you'd uh, you'd just be aware of it. And, may, and I'm sure Santos is aware of it himself. And I'm sure he's working this week to make sure it's not an issue. But 
I think yeah, you just the defense should be aware of it. He's got Trafford as well in front uh, behind him, so he he's a bit more confident than uh, Dixon. So you'd think that he should be able to uh, mop anything up behind. It's a good point you make with Dixon. I you know lovely lad, lovely lad, and I do wish him well. But I do think that his presence and the lack of James Trafford had a big, uh, a big effect on the whole thing. I just don't think there's the same level of confidence there that he's going to come and collect anything. Um, yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. And I understand why the change was made and giving Trafford a little bit of time just to uh, to rest up and, and not to risk him at all. But I think just that, that one change there did have, did have a bit of an effect, really. But um, they won the game 3-2. They did what they had to do. We'll talk about Daniel Andrew later. Uh, he played really well. I thought Randall Williams was really good as well, which, again, you know, him, Schola, Lundalu, three January signings that maybe people were saying were struggling a bit a couple of weeks ago, just starting to show that they're finding their feet now, and that's perfect timing. Yeah, it is, and I think um, we said it, didn't we? We said that one of these lads could end up being a hero, and mm. it could be in Lundalu, it could be Adibiejo, it, it could be um, Chiratere, Mbete, it could be any of them. So, yeah, I think... Um, it was it was nice to see him get his goal because I think Lundley was at a stop-start kind of time and mm. I think you know I know Ian Everett hinted at it and we'll talk more about it later on about uh, him staying around and I think that was kind of a the rumor in January was kind of a try before you you die yeah. kind of thing yeah. but um, you know I think there is a player in there and I think he's him getting his goal is just just a few naysayers has just kind of. Um, you know, turn them a little bit to say, no, it might be handy if he's with us next year. But it was a great finish as well, wasn't it? You know, very mm. calm. I think we've seen so many Bolton players and players in this league who would get it at that uh, position and just uh, sky it. And he's he's calmly slotted it in. Talking about the naysayers, been reading the Barnsley press quite a bit this week and, and their finish to the season has been a little bit... Well, a bit negative, really. They've, they've lost a couple of games. They've drawn a couple of games. They haven't... I think over the last 10 games, they're 12th in the table in terms of form. Um, not really happening at the right time. I think overall, you've got to say that Barnsley have had a marvellous season. They've finished well ahead of Bolton. Loads of stats, loads of club records have been broken and, and, and equaled and such like. And Michael Duff's done a terrific job. But sometimes playoffs can be about momentum. And I think he was grumbling a bit towards the end of uh, t- towards the end of the weekend, looking at maybe, you know, Barnsley fans feeling a little bit upset, perhaps. Is that a, an advantage? I think it could be. I think they could have peaked too soon and they got in the playoffs too soon. You know, as, as you know, my in-laws are... Barnsley fans, they're from Barnsley and my, my mother-in-law said she was talking to someone who she works with uh, who goes to Barnsley, they got a season ticket and he was saying that uh, he felt on Saturday they were they were being a bit conservative trying to not get booked or yeah. any injuries which I mean if you look at Geppen Jones you could argue well, I know Bolton were trying to consolidate fifth I guess but um, maybe Bolton could have had that attitude perhaps but um, I think they've only well, got yeah. one gear. I think Bolton have only got one gear. I don't think they. Yeah. I don't think it works, and and it's happened a couple of times. Not not very often this season, but a couple of times where they've tried to, they've not they've not 
gone 100% and they, they really do. It does show so badly when that happens. So I think, you know, if, if Barnsley plays slightly differently, maybe they can afford to have the odd, odd off day, but I, I don't think it works for Bolton. No, um, but I think when you look at the last three games in particular, I think they've, they lost against Ipswich 3-0 at home, which, I mean, Ipswich yeah. were going for the title, so they were in a different gear to Barnsley. Guess that 4-4 against MK Dons and then on Sunday, the Peterborough game, they're conceding goals. Mm. And I think for me, like, you know, I think it's, I don't know, I think it, it's, I think they're probably there to be, to God at Barnsley. And probably we need to start quick uh, on Saturday because if they've been conceding goals, I don't know, I don't know how easy it would be to just snap out of that and be tight at the back. So I guess if Bolton uh, start on the front foot, then you never know what could happen. So, um, it, it is interesting, Michael Duff having a go at Barnsley fans. I, I know that he's there, you know, he's, he's very well liked at the amongst the fan base, but um, I'll, you never know, it could have a negative effect on him. Well, an anagram of teeny tiny Oakwell allocation is intentionally woolly tea cake. Um, right. So, just, just in case wordplay isn't what you've tuned in for, here's some headlines. <laughs> Well, should we start with that then? Uh, the um... teeny tiny woolly cake tea cakes. <laughs> no, let's let's start with the away ticket wars, um, as as you yes. uh, kindly put it on a, the notes you've sent over to me. Um, because we are recording this on Wednesday evening, so some of these headlines I've not even read myself. The hastily compiled notes, Henry. Yeah, yeah just just to add. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we've uh, on Bolton Twitter this week. It's been a mixture of. Uh, Barnsley fans having a go at their allocations and Bolton fans reading your story about the club saying that well, we're only going to get 2,000 from them so that's mm-hmm. why we did it and now as we speak uh, every other tweet on Twitter whether it be Bolton fans or not is the uh, picture of the ground um, where you can choose your own seat <laughs> uh, and people being well, it doesn't look like we've sold 20,000 what are the club on about? So um yeah, is uh, is this the kind of with the away game? Is this the kind of um, instance that would would push the club into doing this uh, loyalty scheme? Do you think? Um, almost certainly, almost certainly. So to to push this forward a little bit, I have spoken to Neil Hart uh, this morning, Wednesday morning, talking about the potential of a loyalty or a point scheme for away allocations, and he said that no firm decisions have been made yet, but in his opinion, it's necessary if Bolton stayed in League One next season and that they would kind of progress that if that were to happen. It won't be an issue, I don't think, for the Championship, even though they may still explore it because it's, it's always there in case they need it. Um, obviously, Championship has a lot bigger stadia and won't be as much of an issue, but there's been a lot of t- occasions this season where... Tickets have been sold in, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes. And that's no good for anybody. And there's a lot of people that are missing out. And and probably a lot of, of real established supporters that are missing out. And it, and it only creates problems. So 
I can see the I can see the benefits of a scheme of some description, whether it's a, a points thing or whether it's a a loyalty thing or whether it, it stretches back to into this season or, or what have you, where you start it, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, that's something for them to, to figure out. What definitely is the case is that Barnsley indicated straight away as soon as Bolton finished fifth uh, that they were only going to be offering 2,000 away tickets. And we know that's going to go in 10 minutes at Bolton we know that for a fact and, and definitely a lot of fans are going to miss out it would have been nice I think the away end holds about four and a half thousand at Oakwell certainly that's how much Bolton how many t- Bolton took on uh, January 2nd when they went there earlier in the season there was a great atmosphere that day obviously the away end was bouncing because Bolton had won the game um, so maybe that's in the back of Barnsley's mind they don't really want that uh, on a game that they're they're going to sort of be trying desperately to win. I think from Bolton's point of view, um, I think sometimes they're a bit nice in this respect. I think they were quite happy for Barnsley to have the whole end. Um, I think I've seen a couple of people this week saying, yeah, fantastic, well done, guys. I'm glad you only let them have that. But actually, it was just as a response to their uh, their allocation as opposed to something they've proactively done. I think Bolton were quite happy for them to have the full end. Um, but... I mean, you couldn't do one and not the other, really, could you? No, you couldn't. And I guess, I, 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 yeah, I mean, looking off Barnes's, um average attendance this season, comparing it to Bolton, you'd probably say that um, Bolton, and as this goes out, we'll probably know further, but Bolton probably have a, well, they will sell a lot, actually, mm. of the, the half stand that they, they're not giving Barnsley. Whereas you look at Barnsley and, I don't know whether they would sell. They, they might. They might get a full house. I don't know, but I don't think they'd sell as much. You know, so I think it is literally. Uh, whereas Bolton, you could look and going well. I guess Bolton are still profiting from from that. I don't think Barnsley would profit in the same way. I think they've mm. just done it so they're not having a repeat of what happened on the second. But you know, as he said last week as well, they, they have moved the match because of. Um, uh, policing, so maybe yeah. it's a police thing. You know, we know that there has been instances with Bolton fans before. We know that there's a league table with this sort of thing in the league. So I presume that Bolton might be quite high on that. So maybe Barnsley are thinking we don't want if Bolton do win, we don't want a load of uh, trouble. Um, yeah. So yeah, it could be it could be anything. But you know, at the end of the day, Bolton will. But I think both games will be a terrific atmosphere. Oakwell. I think I watched them when they beat Sheffield Wednesday and it looked a great atmosphere. So it should be two great games and hopefully Bolton can come out on the winning side and get to Wembley again. Crucially, crucially. Right, give us another headline. Um, well, this well, this is going to be announced tomorrow. It, it, for anyone listening, <laughs> this was announced yesterday. Uh, and it's the Bonds at Bolton. Um, you, as you said, have been speak, uh, spent the day at the club speaking to people about this. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what bonds are, really. Uh, mm. So explain. What are we, uh, for those who have the money, what are we getting ourselves into? So, so this is a very unique thing for Bolton Wanderers. It's what's called a retail bond, which is not the same as share a share offer. You won't have a stake in the company. This isn't a, a, a share offer in any way. This is a certificate, effectively, which costs £500 is the minimum investment and 
there's no maximum investment. You can spend as much as you like, theoretically, if you've got that sort of dough. But what happens is, with the £500, that Football Ventures guarantee you 8.5% interest a year back on that, um, which is about, for 500 quid, it's about 40-odd quid, uh, 42 quidish. So you get that times five, and then at the end of your anniversary, or the end of fifth anniversary, you get your money back. I'm also told there is a 10% championship bonus, which is payable when the club, uh, sorry, if the club are competing in the championship from the 24-25 season, whether that means they've gone up from League One or whether they've actually stayed in the championship. Um, these things are also, there's this tie-ins with ISIS and such like, which I have to say, it's a bit uh, it's it's a bit dry to explain in a podcast, but there are there are investors out there that that see these uh, retail bonds as very good investments, and we spoke to the guys who are overseeing it, the the the, reg- the financial uh, firm um, called uh, Tifosi, and they've done this sort of thing for Norwich, uh, QPR, uh, Peterborough all of whom have used these to raise funds for big projects, training grounds, that kind of thing. Now, from the information we were given today, Bolton Wanderers are looking to do, not necessarily for one thing, but for for several things. They're basically looking to improve the training ground. Uh, There's a few problems with pitches on the training ground. Their own pitch, of course. Uh, The Wi-Fi, both for the fans and for the press, that is a big expenditure and it's something they want to do. Uh, the uh, hospitality, for example, is, is a, due a very big upgrade. Uh, there, are, there are several other things. The fan zone is, is another thing that they're looking to, to add on to. There, there are several things around the ground that are uh, big expenditures that they feel if they can match their target, which is around £4 million, they can give themselves a, a bit of a shot in the arm um, in terms of the progress of the club um, it's not in lieu of money coming in from football ventures this isn't we can't afford to do this so can we do that this is a different way of doing it and of course this money is repayable so the the guy the firm that does this this Tifosi uh, was telling me listen the, the reason the reason we can we can organise this is because we think the football ventures business plan and the people who are behind football ventures of which there are a lot of course a lot of investors is solid enough for us to put our name to this but that doesn't mean there isn't any risk because with any investment there is a risk and i think anybody that even thinks about this has got to look in the fine print and be happy that you know if the worst were to happen, if there was another pandemic or if an act of God or the club went bump, that they could lose all their money. There's, this isn't, there's nobody that's going to be handing them back. There's no authority that's going to say, well, don't worry, we'll refund you. This is an investment and any investment carries with it a level of risk. Um, and... You know, people who are in this business and people who do these things tell me that this is a relatively low risk. But, you know, you've got to be making sure that if you are going to be putting your money in, you don't do it blind. 
um, and you know you only play with what you can afford and all that kind of thing. It's it's one of those things. So long story short, as of uh, this week, people will be able to put their names down. Investors will be able to put their names down. Businesses will be able to put their names down, and hopefully they look to raise a, a pretty big chunk of money, which can go towards what they think will be a successful season next year. Whether that be uh, being you know. It, being competitive in the championship or leading from the front in League One. Yeah, well, I mean, it's as we've discussed before, and as we've seen this uh, this last week with the championship. You know, um, I think Swansea posted their figures, uh, and they've made a loss, and they finished what fifteenth or no mid table. So, um, you know, it's. Money, you need money in the championship. So it's you know if, if Bolton aren't in the position, we're not. Uh, we haven't got a wealthy, um, you know, like Qatari owner who can just throw money at it. We've got owners that are trying to do things the right way, and uh, they're not going to put the club into debt uh, for no reason. So if this is a way to raise funds and to, like you said, to to make the the fan experience better mm-hmm. and to make it so we can uh, the players can train every day and the uh, the media. It's going to be better because, again, it, it all, you know, it, at the moment in League One, I'm sure, uh, you know, you can vouch for it that, you know, media is mainly what local people, local sure, reporters, yep. and those who cover the clubs. Whereas you get to the championship and suddenly you've got, uh, you know, major major players come in if we get into cup competitions and you don't want it to be a half-assed approach or embarrassing if the Wi-Fi goes down or whatever. So. Yeah, it all adds to it. And, um, you know, like you said there as well, if, if you've got the money, if you're a fan and you've got the money and you want to do it, you are going to see a bit of a profit on it. And, mm. um, you know, I don't think it'll only just be fans as well. I think it'll be uh, wealthy people around probably Bolton or even further afield that will they'll do it. That'll help out Bolton Wanderers and they'll get some money back from it. So um, Without question, without question. Yeah, and also Wanderers TV is just to add into that media thing, the... The, the whole idea of them upgrading their website, upgrading all the offering. Again, you know, I had a big chat with Neil over this. Some really exciting plans they've got there, I have to say. Uh, and I'll be I'll be writing a bit more about what it's going to involve. But it's, you know, it looks like it's going to be uh, an all singing, all dancing uh, website where you can you can do pretty much everything you need to all in one place and and, and an app as well. Um, and also, there's going to be a lot more content uh, for for Bolton fans to have, and and they need the technology to be able to do this, and that's kind of part of this as well. So, um, I mean, I can I can foresee there will be people that say, well, hang on a minute, shouldn't you be paying for this? Um, in a sense, they are. <laughs> it's they they're kind of underwriting this themselves, aren't they? they you know, the money is going to be there. Um, I will also say this: that were football ventures to sell the club, the money gets refunded. Um, as well, you know, whenever that does happen. So, I I, I foresee there there being an element of Bolton's supporters who who maybe try and throw some shade in this. Am I am I or am I just being too critical? Um, no, I mean this is anything. Bolton Wanderers could say we're signing uh, Erling Haaland and he's agreed to come on a ten-year deal, and some fans would still be uh, saying, "Oh, we, we don't need him. We've got too many strikers." Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure they will be, and and you know we will know by the time this goes out. But 
Yeah, I think it's. I mean, for most people, to be honest, it's it's not a it's not something to concern themselves about because people either won't have the money to do it or they won't be that bothered. But some people will be dead against it, and like you said, be saying, "Well, is this a form of sort of begging or whatever?" And uh, and some of us will be saying it's a great idea. So yeah, you'll have some of all all of it. My personal opinion is, it's yeah, it's what it is. You know, I mean, those clubs you mentioned before. Like you look at Norwich, for example. Norwich are a very well-run club who have been uh, yo-yoing from the Premier League. Um, so, okay, it's maybe not good enough to stay in the Premier League, but they have been then getting promoted from the Championship. Mm. So it clearly works for a direction we want to go in, and that's helped them. Uh, you know, I, I think their training ground, uh, what I've seen, looks great. And um, was it Re- what was he called, Regan Riley? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that that was one of the reasons he left and went to there. So, uh, so yeah. So, yeah. It's it's one of those things. People will get passionate about it. Some people won't care. But it's Baltimore Wanderers, so we'll have uh, we'll have a split on both. (laughs) Yeah. Let's have another headline. Uh, Well, this was announced on Friday, and I tell you what. To say that over the course of the season there has been a lot of people who have been split over the manager. It was. Uh, the majority were very positive comments about this. Ian Everett has signed a new three-year deal with a club. Um, you, well, we were texting about it on Friday, and I kind of mm. joked with you. I hope there's a, a, a very big um, release clause in it with the way that we're going, um, and on the upward to uh, the upward curve we're going, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very positive, isn't it? I guess it's good from all parties. It shows uh, him that Bolton want to keep him, and I guess it shows the club that he's he wants to stay yeah I think so I think so I, I think Ian Everts when we were talking about it was was quite deliberate in saying look this isn't me going to the board and saying I can go elsewhere so give me a contract um, albeit of course there has been interest or there has has been reported interest from from Huddersfield I think I would like to see this followed up with with a deal for Chris Markham I, I can't uh, I, I can't lie because I think he's another one that, that Bolton could do um, with going into the future and keep the band together. Um, and I don't think it'll be the last time that we see a club linked with Ian Ever either, because I think he's doing a cracking job and long may that continue. Um, but I do know that he enjoys the job he does. I know that he obviously values the, the support that he's been given uh, by, by Sharon Britton and Football Ventures. And... Whilst he might groan and grumble about the, the odd uh, the odd bit of, uh, uh, of 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 fan banter or fan criticism, I'm pretty sure he he, he treasures the the kind of relationship he has got with the majority. And, and as you rightly say, there the the response to him getting that new deal was overwhelmingly positive. It was one of the uh, one of the most um, sort of resounding tweets I put out in a long time I think when when we finally uh, managed to to announce it and it was it was a it was a cracking piece of news on that day it seemed like every everything that happened on that Friday was pretty positive so um a big day for Bolton I think it's a very firm one contracts are what they are we know that you know they don't it doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to be there for the next 3 years because anything can happen um, but just Bolton being in that position where they've got him under a good, uh, a good deal, and as you say, hopefully with a with a gigantic minimum fee release clause, then uh, then happy days. Yeah, exactly. It's a um, you know I think it is good for for Bolton, and 
it's a good sign as well because you know I think at the moment the way we're going we are better with Ian Everett um, yeah. and Chris Markham but you know Ian Everett's the face of it and I think as well uh, you know the players clearly like him and respect him or they, they give that impression anyway um, so you know I think for, for him to commit and for um, for Bolton to commit to him as well because he, he has said in the past he, he's he said a few times that he feels a right, that this club is a right fit because he feels he doesn't feel under pressure, mm. you know. And again, you know, Ian Everett's not stupid. He he will know that should he, at this point in his career, go to another club, let's say for example, of Huddersfield. Now Huddersfield, to me, um, you know, I, you, you're probably looking at a mid-table Championship team, but as we saw this season, it only takes a, a few defeats, and also we know that. Ian Everett showed it at Barrow and he showed it here with us that um, it takes a while for players to adjust to what he wants to do, to his way of playing. If he doesn't have a good start somewhere else and they're near the bottom of the league, then is he going to be out of a job? And then he's got to start again. He's got to go back to the bottom of League One and, and try and progress from there. So, uh, yeah, he's probably in the best place at the moment. And there will be a time where he will need to move on. And uh, I'm sure most fans would give him uh, the blessing if we're in a much higher place than I'm sure, uh, and I'm sure we will be than what we started with him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. No, it was good news. I'm uh, I'm happy for it. Shall we have another headline? Yes. Well, uh, Dan Unlunderly, we spoke about him before. He got his first Bolton Wanderers goal on Sunday, and he never as uh, I mean, he's kind of hinted that he would like to work with him again next season. He said he can be uh, our version of uh, e, uh, Ivan Tony, which um, I mean, I don't think any of us would would say that we don't want that, and we wouldn't want a player of <laughs> Ivan Tony's quality. Uh, his goal, so, his goal uh, scoring. It was a it was a comment on his goal scoring. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but um, what, what do you think? Do you think is that high? You know, is that praise? Is that adjust? Can he be our Ivan Tony? Can he make it to the very top? Yeah, I think he's he's looking at the the way that he spent a lot of time out on loan from Newcastle early in his career and how it took him a while to kind of find his way back up via all the other uh, all the other clubs he played for including Peterborough of course. So I think that's probably what he's getting at. I don't think he's he's literally making a direct comparison with their skill set. I think Dan Underloos clearly got something about him and and you know, I, I like, um, I do like him. I, I like him as a as a player and a person. I think he's he's got plenty, plenty to give, but he, he does remind me a little bit more like a um, Shola Ramiobi type, where you kind of need to get the consistency and the 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 kind of the discipline right. And once and Shola, it was how I meant um, Sammy rather. Um, Shola was always pretty good, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's Sammy. He did uh, Okay for us, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, his shoulders are right, but but Sammy Amiobi, I, would, I meant um, the kind of the the discipline needed to be there, and once he got his niche in the team, then he was a much better player, and I think that that will be the same with Dan London. Once he finds kind of where he fits in it all, and 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 playing alongside Dion Charles, or playing off him, or playing one side or the other, he kind of needs to find that little groove and. 
really happy he scored that goal because you could see the confidence coursing through him after that and that's great and and I really hope now he can grasp that and, and go and score another a couple of important ones. Uh, yes, indeed, and I think you know I think he's shown in glimpses of when he's played that you know uh, I think back to that chance he had against uh, I think it was against Cambridge where he he almost knocked out their defender uh, yeah. with that shot, and I think he's he's got that ability that sort of uh, it was a bit raw the way he, you know he's he's he get the ball and runs and. Um, and I think that's what we need, especially sort of down that uh, left-hand side. I think on the other side, we've had Connor Bradley who kind of does that, you know, runs and runs and runs. And I think and Lundaloo has shown glimpses that he can do that as well. You know, sort of head down and uh, jinking in between players and making something of it. So he's definitely scored a goal at the right time. If he, because uh, he obviously missed out against Plymouth, didn't he? Because he's on, um, he'd already played in the. Mm. Papa John's, so if he wants a trip to Wembley this year, maybe it's, uh, it's his time to become a hero. Well, there's another player, of course, who could carry the ball well for Bolton. Uh, he scored against Crawley on the last day of the season and then never looked back. And I think Bolton do need players who can get them, you know, can run the ball a bit. And I think Dan Lundlew's certainly capable of doing that. Um, you know, I don't want to compare him to Dapo because it seems a bit harsh, but... He's definitely got the ability to go and beat players in the same way. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, let's talk about Saturday then. And um, we, we, as we've discussed and as we've joked, that fans are very excited and fans are very excited to know how many tickets we've sold and whether the club are lying and whether uh, their seat is available on the, the <laughs> map of the stadium on the ticketing website. Um, as this will go out, we'll be a lot clearer than what we are on Wednesday as we speak, but they have confirmed that over 20,000 have been sold. Can Bolton get to the magical 28,000, maybe? Can we have a sellout? Well, I I was talking with a couple of people this afternoon, and everybody reckons the crowd will be bigger than Cambridge, which was 24 and nearly, 20, nearly 25, uh, 24 and a half, rather. Um, yeah, I think... Given the fair wind, I think you can start nudging a, a little bit further up there. 28,000 would be the absolute maximum. Do I think they'll get there? I think they might just miss out. But, you know, I think with a good push, I mean, the, the, the tickets for a playoff game, I think, are really well priced at 20, mm. 20 for an adult and then, then 10 for, for the rest. I think that's really good. Um, so that's obviously going to help. But if it's a good night and you know there's a few walk-ons then then who knows i think i think cambridge is the biggest crowd outside the the infamous one at um blackburn all those years ago in the 70s but you know it's going to be pretty close to full that, that's never going to be beaten the, gr- the ground is big enough but um i think that's the biggest they've ever had at this level of football but i think it will be very 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 close to, to a sellout I mean that would be a, a tremendous sight for for the TV cameras and for the for the thousands watching at home uh, yes it will be and I mean you you remember as well against um, Cambridge that they didn't you know fill their end did they so no. Barnsley will do so that helps as well um, but yeah it'd be, a, it'd be a great occasion and I think something that we um, you know we, we keep on having these little occasions where we it kind of symbolises to not only Bolton fans but the rest of the footballing world that Bolton are on the way back and 
it's great to see. And, uh, you know, a full house on Sky. It's, it is on Sky, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though it's three o'clock on a Saturday. Um, yeah, it's uh, it'd be a great occasion. And hopefully the players, you know, and, and again, I think, whereas before we've kind of joked saying, oh, Bolton players kind of freeze a bit when there's a big crowd and whatever, you know, they're getting used to it now. So that'll put them in good stead uh, in the championship. Massive at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, right, let's... Uh, well, another one on the Barnsley game, actually. Uh, we've got a few headlines, but just the last one on the Barnsley game. The refs have been announced. And rejoice, it isn't Damon Drysdale, Neil Hare, or James Linnington. Lin- Lin- Linnington. James Linnington. Uh, he, he was the arrogant one from the other week. Oh, God, um, probably not getting him again. Yeah, we've we've managed to dodge that one. So I'm not too sure we should necessarily rejoice too much because I've just uh, looked into the guy who is going to be refing Saturday's game. It's Andrew Kitchen, who was the ref at Burton. Uh, so I pulled out my referee's match mark from that night and it says, Andrew Kitchen, 5 out of 10. Seemed to settle down in the second half after some random decision-making in the first 45 minutes. Maybe needed some help from his fellow officials in spotting some of Burton's infringements. Um, that doesn't fill yeah. you with too much confidence, does it? It doesn't, but they were the home team, so maybe he does mm. side with home teams, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, kind of, he did let a lot go, I guess, but also then he didn't with Bolton. So, um, hey, I mean, you never know, he might listen to his podcast. We, uh, we, we do love do... Andrew Kitchen, by the way. I think he's one of the best referees in Britain. Oh yeah, I would agree, and uh, we got in the playoffs in the end, so it would, you know, buy more than a point. So we didn't even need that point. So thanks for helping us get that point at Burton. Not, not even an issue, Andrew. All it's, uh, it's completely under the uh, water under the bridge now. That's what I was trying to trying to say. Um, That's the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good grief. Second leg right. is Josh Smith, by the way. Josh Smith. Don't know anything about Josh Smith other than he is a championship referee. So um, they brought down they brought down the big guns. Hey, that's and he's got a uh, yeah. He's, I mean, his name is probably well. He's a very English name, isn't it? A very British name. I'm just uh, glad it's not Huddersfield. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I wonder if he's allowed to man uh, to ref at Huddersfield with his uh, <laughs> name being so close to their stadium sponsor. Um, right, let's move on to uh, two more headlines. The first one is um, you've been. You know, we are looking ahead to this summer. Don't know what league we're going to be in. But, uh, of course, Chris Markham and Ian Everett are looking at transfers. And in particular, who will be replacing, the uh, sadly, the outgoing James Trafford and Connor Bradley. And he said that, don't just assume it's going to be another loan. Mm, yeah, well, this was this was an interesting because obviously we, we were asking about Connor Bradley and, and how well he'd done winning as many awards as he did and, and what's going to happen with James Trafford now that we know that that Traff isn't going to be coming back next season for definite. Um, and it was just, just a little quote that, that kind of pricked my attention a little bit was that he, he's talking about looking at the next generation of players from the Liverpools and the Manchester cities and the Manchester United and such like, and, and not necessarily will he see the same sort of player. So I took that to, to mean you know, maybe they aren't looking necessarily to replace them with the, the you know, the, the big club loan. Uh, maybe not, that might happen elsewhere on the pitch. Maybe they'll still have that and, and, and also try and bring in some, some permanent ones. I mean, I think, I don't know about you, but I think they need two goalkeepers. 
this summer. Mm. And and obviously they do need a, a big number one goalkeeper. And and actually of all the of all the positions, and I can't fault what James Trafford has done in the slightest, but of all the positions, that's kind of the one that I most would like to have a permanent uh, permanent member of the squad because I, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, I dream of another Yossi Askelainen that can hold down that position for ten years and be another legend because that's that's where you build it from the goalkeeper for me. Um, I'd like to see him go and find another one of those, just another Askelainen. They grow on trees, really. They do, yeah, a uh, hundred grand in uh, Finland, um, you know. But at the, with the rising. The rising costs, we're probably looking at uh, still 10 million now from Finland. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you're right. And I think it's a Bolton have seen, you know, even since Ian Everett's been in, we've struggled to find goalkeepers. We've, uh, you know, in apart from this season, but the other two seasons, we've started with goalkeepers who haven't really made it past January. Um, and it is, it's something that we need to assess and that we need to do. And uh, hopefully we can get a, a good player you know a player who is ours but the problem is you know James Trafford's an excellent goalie he's 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 good with his feet he's good shot stopper they don't grow on trees so to get someone as good as Trafford you are probably looking at another loan from a a Premier League team I don't suppose there's many that are knocking about in the lower leagues especially for uh, for free so, uh, title of this podcast is is either Yussies or James Trafford's don't grow on trees is that correct Yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> Last headline. Uh, well, this one is something I don't know about. I'm going to leave this all to you. Um, yeah, I haven't seen you write about this, so I'm not too sure. So go on, shirt yeah. sponsor. What can you tell could us? Could be, could be, uh, very soon. Bolton Wanderers set to announce a new shirt sponsor. I'm told this is a major retailer. Um, a major retail it's a big big do and off the back of a very very big ground uh, sponsor we know that's tough sheet we know that to be the case and talking about the size of the deal with uh, with Neil Hart he, he is very very pleased with the new one uh, service my car are kind of stepping aside they're going to be doing a bit of um sponsorship elsewhere and, and, and keeping in touch with the club because obviously they're the big Bolton fans there but they're not going to be front of shirt sponsors next season and uh, with a new kit on the way in June I'm told uh, we're going to have uh, a new sponsor on there and I mean major retailer major retailer uh, where what does that scream out to you uh, is there a major retailer you'd like to see on the front of Bolton Wanderers shirt um, I mean, home bargains was a main That's true. Retail. That's true. Uh, uh, but I, I would imagine, judging by the conversation I've had, it, we're talking even bigger. Ooh, okay. Uh, to be fair, I always thought home bargains got a bit of a, a you know, a bit of unnecessary stick. Having that is a major retailer, so uh, we could be looking at even bigger. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen this week that Cars Pasties are opening a store at Middlebrook. So, uh, would they count as a, a retailer now? Oh, possibly, possibly. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I only dream of the kickbacks that we could potentially get from Cars Pasties if they were the front of shirt sponsors. But uh, I also, I don't know, what would I like to see? Uh, travel company. That'd be nice. We could get some decent pre seasons in. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they do cheap flights to um, Scotland and 
cheap yeah. flights to uh, I don't know Leamington Spa. Yeah, don't know no, why that came into head. No, in my look, it's gonna be like Bravissimo or something. It's <laughs> completely useless to me. <laughs> and Summers, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it would, it would be very Bolton Wanderers to go down that that route. But, if, um... if if Anne Summers turned up as the front of, I mean, can you imagine the launch? Can you imagine it? Jack yeah. Dearden, I mean, we'd be sending him to an early grave. The poor lad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a shame with the with the chant that goes on about James Trafford. It'd be a shame uh, that he would leave us if we had answers. But I'll leave it at that. Yes, um, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's all exciting. It's all looking to the new ball to honours. I mean, service my car have, have done a great job. Um, they will be forever remembered. Uh, because they were on the kit at Wembley, so uh, I think yeah. I will forever remember their little black car with the smiley yeah. face. I don't think that's in ever going to go anywhere. In a hundred years, there'll be mer- uh, mem- mem- <laughs> memory shirts released with the car on it. A hundred years since the Plymouth, Plymouth final. <laughs> can you can you imagine that? Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the the retro the retro range that uh, that harks back to the. Uh, the the time Bolt Wanderers didn't have a sponsor and and wore shirts off the off the rail or uh, Fibrolec. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, we've had so. I always say we've had we had it so good with Reebok for so long, and you know it's modern day and you've got to go with the highest bidder and that's that's mm. life. But we had it so good with Reebok uh, that ever, ever since all of the stuff we've had. Which you you know you can't you got to accept the money that comes in, but I think we've been paying for it ever since. So uh, we await and see who the retailer are. I can't wait. Right, okay. I'm going to make an executive decision, and there's going to uh, fast forward on this podcast. We're going to fast forward through this week's mailbag. We're going to fast forward through this week's fantasy league. I promise I will catch you up next week on everything. But I managed to speak to the Barnsley Chronicles' Doug O'Kane about how things are shaping up this week at Oakwell. Is there nerves? Is Michael Duff's complaining warranted? This is what he had to say. Right, I mean, how's the, how's the mood in the camp at Barnsley? Because I've, I've read a few of your articles. It's maybe that the results have tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks whilst you've known you've been in the playoffs. How's, how's that been taken? Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of inevitable, isn't it? Where there's going to be a little bit of a drop off. Um, they lost to Ipswich when they could still get in the top two, but it would have taken a, a, a crazy last few games. And Ipswich just played well, like they have done for the last, you know, however many months and all season, really, and were the better team and deserved to win. And then the last couple of games, they haven't been at their best, but it was, like you said, they they known they're in the top top six. And it's one of those things of uh, he, he, as much as you want to. St- keep the same level of performance there's always a bit in the back of players minds they're only human that this isn't the playoffs um and there's bigger games to come and then probably not even thinking that but it's just somewhere in in their heads so subconsciously so yeah they weren't quite at their normal levels um there's sort of a debate about or does that mean the momentum has gone but michael duff rightly has been saying that over 30 or 31 games are the best team in the in the division so that's momentum. I guess the proof will be in the pudding on Saturday, but I personally, I wouldn't worry too much about it. They, uh, I, I think this team knows when they need to perform and I, I, I'd back them to give a decent performance on Saturday. Right, Henry, it's time for us to put our proverbials on the line. It's prediction time. Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week? 
Prediction time. Right, here's a stat for you. And this one came from my chat with Doug. He says that Barnsley have got the worst record in the EFL after falling behind. So if you score first against Barnsley, you win the game. Thankfully, they've got a really good record. Well, say say thankfully, not in in Bolton's terms, but thankfully, thankfully for them, they've got a good record when they score first. So first goal is absolutely crucial. Mm, It is. I think I mentioned before about us having a fast start. I think we'll have a fast start. I think we'll score early on. If that's the case, then, I mean, psychologically, that'd be perfect. I dream of getting a couple of goals ahead and and, and having that cushion. Um, but do you think from Barnsley's point of view, do they turn up and say, right, if we shut up shop in the same way as they did, well, same way as they did in the cup, really, and also they did in the uh, in the league, do they look for a nil-nil draw and then get Bolton back to Oko, where their record is extremely good? Um, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they would, I guess... That you know they'll be looking at that. They'll be looking to still be because as as much as we're looking and going, oh, we've got twenty odd thousand there. It's going to be a, a, a big atmosphere and it'll be in Bolton's favour. They'll be thinking about that in the second sure. leg. The only thing is, they probably won't have twenty thousand there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think for them, it's I think they'll look at that and they'll go, let's still be, let's not fall behind early on, and let's. Um, because they, it's like I said, they've got to shut up shop. They've got to defend. They've got to defend a lot better than what they have been doing, uh, you know. And whereas with Bolton, we've actually to say that we've struggled to score goals. We've scored five in our last two now, so we we are scoring goals, and they're conceding. So for me, I think it's important if we we have a fast start. You never know. We could be two nil up by half time, and then it's all about. It, it changes then. It's about Bolton trying to keep it tight for the rest of the game so, and yeah. the rest of the, the legs. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm going to go. I think we'll, we'll win the first game and I think we'll get that fast start. I think we'll win. I think we'll get two early goals and then see it out. I think it'll be 2-0. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I was going to go 2-0 myself, but I, I just don't think that Bolton have got it in them to go and defend at Oakwell. So, in a sense, I don't think there's any way they can lose on Saturday. It's kind of like you go there, you attack Barnsley, you hopefully get some goals. But even if the scoreline doesn't necessarily go for Bolton on Saturday, I still don't think that's game over because Bolton were never going to go and and defend a lead resolutely. I think they were always going to go on the attack because that's the way they play. And yes, you know, their defence has been great, but that's not necessarily through defensive tactics. That's simply because they've been playing extremely well. Um, so in, in a sense, I really do feel positive about this first leg, especially as is if they can get those early goals and get themselves ahead. Because if if Barnsley's record really is as, as, as tragic as, as Doug, Doug explained earlier, then um, that could be, could be a big thing, especially if you can just add the air of negativity you know, for among the Barnsley fans, um, leading up to Friday's game, if if they can, if they can, you know, get a, get a win. But uh, what what occurred to me before is something that uh, that the, the Barnsley guy asked me was was who's really in form, who's who's really playing well at the moment, and and I, I had to have a little think really because 
goal scoring wise, the, the goals have been spread about quite a bit. There's nobody really saying I'm scoring lots of goals at the moment. Dion's obviously had his 20 this season, but who would you say is, is really in top form at the moment for Bolton? It's a good question, actually. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it's a very good because Dion got his 20 goals and then he hasn't scored since. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was unlucky against Fleetwood, but other than that, um, yeah, I, 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 that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think the team's just playing well. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing with Bolton is that, you know, I know Connor Bradley's been excellent, James Trafford has been, but I think overall, if the team's playing well, we look really good. If the team's not, it's a team who isn't rather than just individuals, I think. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I mean, did did you ask him do, who should we, uh, we be worried about with Barnsley? Or, I mean, you you do your research. Who who would, should we be worried about? <laughs> well, annoyingly, he said Luca Cannell, so... <laughs> oh, um... God, I forgot about it. Oh, no. <laughs> he was getting some stick in the game at Oakwell. He's oh, oh, God, he's going to get it back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm hoping he doesn't have as big an effect as I mean. The they one of their key men, uh, Mads Anderson, uh, has been struggling with um, uh, an injury, an, an abductor injury. So he is kind of touch and go as to whether he's going to be involved in the first leg. Uh, Devante Cole scored 16 times this season. He's always worth a goal, but if I'm honest, he isn't. He he never has been a striker that's been massively worrying for me. Um, he's got a great record. He scores goals, but he, he isn't somebody that, that fills a lot of my uh, headspace. Um, Herbie Kane, probably, who plays in midfield, a good player as well. Barnes have got a good squad. It's, it's a good, but I think they aren't a team of superstars, much like much like Bolton. They're, they're very much a team as well. But I think you're right in what you say. I think Conor Bradley... James Trafford have probably been the standouts in what has been an excellent team season. And I think there's still scope for somebody to be that hero, probably. But at the moment, I think there's there's been a lot of a lot of consistency there. They've lost one game in, in ten. They're not losing they're not shipping too many goals. Um you take Sunday out of the equation a little bit because, you know, there was a lot of changes. It was it was a bit of a fragmented game. Um but generally speaking, they're not they're not giving much away. Um, so it's all about those little fine margins, just getting yourself in front, just taking the chances and um, and fingers crossed that we don't end up talking about a referee. Um, no, not a referee. I'm, I'm not I'm not having one of those uh, those segments where we do all right or Barry Knight only with um, Andrew Kitchen's name spread over the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought Adi Biagio used to play for these, didn't he? So maybe it's uh, his time to shine. Well, I'm sure he'll be motivated. I'm sure he'll be motivated. And, and he's another one I mentioned uh, with Shorty and uh, and Alundalu before, and Randall Williams. That, that I've had a bit of stick, in fairness, from people saying that January transfers were rubbish, yada yada yada. But I think he's he's started to show more of it. You know, he's, he's started to, to settle down and, and look a bit more, a bit more like it. And and I think it will definitely happen for him further down the line. Um, but nothing will set you down more like a goal, like a goal against Barnsley. I can tell you that for, for nothing. I mean, you know, the guy's always smiling anyway, Victor. I mean, can you imagine how, how wide his smile would be if he scored against them chumps? Yeah, exactly. And those same people who were saying the uh, 
January transfers are rubbish. We'll be eating their words, I'm sure, and, and be uh, saying, oh, I never said that. I always said Ibejo was the best player uh, to ever <laughs> grace the uni ball. Many a tweet deleted. <laughs> I, I tell you what... <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, it does amuse me. But um, no, I, I think I'm. I'm. I'm quite confident. I'm quite. I'm quite relaxed, and I'm quite confident. We've said loads of times on this podcast that that, that maybe this isn't the season for Bolton to go up. Maybe financially, it doesn't really work for the for the club. But do you know what? Sod it. Let's go. I, I don't want to go back to Bristol Rovers. Oh, no one does. Um, no one does. And let's say, let's face it. I mean, look at the teams coming up. Will you fancy Stevenage on a Tuesday night or uh, Northampton, Leighton Orient again? Remember that time, right? If you're listening to this, Wanderers, we've got to go up. We've got to go up. <laughs> There's every chance, like Southampton, like Leeds, Everton. Oh yes, let's let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's, let's go and let's have a championship tour. Let's do it, and we avoid Wigan. Okay, okay, well, that's enough for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in again, and I'm sure we will be bringing you um, a much, well, a much more composed and structured podcast next week where we'll be talking about a glorious first leg win, fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, But until that point in time, I have been never going to the Memorial Stadium again, Isles. And I've been Henry. Send me off to... uh... Uh, Sixfields, there we go, trying to think of one of the names of old stadiums. Sixfields, Hewitt. Yo, you get really good at this, Henry. One of these one of these days you'll be able to reel these straight off the bat. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Shitty, but we've leaked two ground. Ah, uh, it's been the buff. <laughs> First not last, it's not surpassed. It used to be a newspaper. In the playoffs podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on Manchester right after the end of the game. In the playoffs podcast. Oh.